Droppe Gaming. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 80 of the Drop Bear Gaming Podcast. Uh, this is obviously me, Lucas, BQ410, and I'm joined as per always, not at the hip, but uh, metaphorically, um, with my brother Matt. How are you? I'm pretty good. Welcome to the August 2015 episode. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh man, we've, we've been, had issues. Oh, we've been trying to record for like a month. Yeah. Uh, I don't know when the last episode came out, but... Clearly, if you're listening to this and you're a long-time listener, there's nothing changed. <laughs> no. The last episode was posted on the 30th of June, so we're almost exactly a month away from that. Cool. Um, yeah, we had some te- had some technical difficulties and then like work schedules and shit. So, okay, yeah, it does happen. Yeah, my laptop crapped out, and I've been trying to fix it, and I actually finally got it fixed just the other day. So, kind of happy about that. Yep. And took a lot of uh, watching of videos on YouTube to figure out what I had to do to fix it, but I got it. So happy days. We're there. We've done it. We're here. And we're back for yep. all of you wonderful listeners. That's right. For all of you wonderful listener. Mm. So what's the what what news is there for us? Um, my my PAX trip is all finalised. I got accommodation and flights and everything booked, so I'll definitely be down there the end of October this year at PAX Australia in Melbourne. Which is sounding pretty it's exciting. Pretty fun. That should be good. Mm. <laughs> and apart from that, uh, there's not much else on. I just pre-ordered Guitar Hero Live because that game looks awesome. Yeah, it does look pretty fun. And we've been uh, playing some games, of course, mm. which we're going to have a quick talk about. Um, one of them, Matt and I, both been sharing a bit of uh, fun on, which is uh, a golf game, but we'll touch on that one soon. Um, the other game I've been wrapped up with, I suppose, for the most part of the last month, has probably been Elder Scroll Online. Getting your MMO fix That's since right. Destiny. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, I don't know, there's, there's parts of it that are really good fun. There's controlling issues that everyone seems to have with it it's um a bit frustrating in regards to just i guess camera views and also the speed in which fighting and things happen in it um which takes a little bit of getting used to but once you do it's kind of all right uh it's just slow you know it's like um it the battle reminds me of um uh there was a pc game um chivalry i think it was called um and it was you know you've got big broadswords and all this kind of stuff and you swing it and it's just like a three second swing kind of deal um which is kind of all right once you get used to it but uh it it also becomes frustrating when you've got multiple uh bad guys around you that are all trying to hit you and whatnot and half the time you either strike and move straight through them and then they're behind you and you can't even see what's going on until you pan the camera or you turn your character. Um, and then you've got to, you know, swing again and load up and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, that initially was really frustrating and almost to the point where, you know, in the first, 
I guess, five levels that you level up, which is going to take you a little while, it, um, it gets to that point where you're like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. It's just taking so long. Um, That's annoying. It is. It is. And nowadays, you know, there's so many games that you know, have fixed that, I suppose. It's not even an issue really anymore. Um, you know, you've got lightning quick reflexes in games like you know FIFA and things like that, and things happen almost instantly. Mm. There's uh, you know, maybe not even a quarter of a second lag between your button press and, and it doing things. And now going back to that was a bit of a struggle. But, um, it, it, I mean, the game itself is obviously huge. You know, there's multiple people running around. You can interact with them. Um, one of the things, I guess, that annoys me a little bit is uh, when you're in cities and things like that that are, I guess, hubs and everyone goes there, um, it kind of just will automatically throw you into voice chats with people. <laughs> that and, cannot go wrong at all. Oh, exactly. And the amount of times, like, you go into a city, you're doing something, or you're standing in a room that has an object that, you know, like a, a blacksmith station or something along those lines, and there's multiple people in there, just all of a sudden you'll hear someone cough or whatever, and it's like, whoa, what the hell's that? And, yeah, you get chucked into, like, a a, um, a chat room, which is really weird. Um and yeah, the amount of times that I've been around those types of things and then noticed some noise or the other day there was a baby crying. Where's the baby? <laughs> um, you know, things like that. You just got to go in and, and, you know, remove yourself, I guess, from the chat room. But it's just weird that that kind of stuff is happening in there. Um, but I guess the game itself is pretty good. There's been a couple of times where I've jumped in and there's been an issue with the server or things like that and you can't play at all. Um, it, it's just completely down, which happens with any MMO. It happened with Destiny a bit. Um, but then there's other things like the, uh, you know, the, the popping of graphics and stuff like that, like just it might be another character somewhere. There might be a slight bit of lag between you and the server and wherever they are. Um, and all of a sudden you'll see somebody and then they'll kind of like jut towards you and then be gone. And it's like, whoa, what happened then? Um, and because of that, it doesn't actually even show you in a, like in those flickers that it's either a person or a, uh, a character, you know, AI in the game. So you see somebody running towards you and you freak out and then all of a sudden they're gone and they never really existed, I suppose. But, um, <laughs> weird shit like that's going on. Awesome. But I mean, the game is, it's very much the same kind of thing as, uh, you know, all those elder scroll games, most notably, I guess was Skyrim not that long ago. Um, which is probably the game that, you know, I played a little bit of. I didn't really play all that much, to be honest. But um, yeah, it just feels like that. Everything in it, all the all the information, all the books, everything you pick up is related to either that or Morrowind or Oblivion. Um, and you know, it, it's kind of interesting. Like I've been dabbling with those games for a long time, so having. Uh, that little bit of knowledge on it. I could imagine if I was right into that genre and I'd been playing all of those games all the way through, um, how awesome it would be to be in that world again 
and have full control over the world and be able to just wander around and do what you want and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's um, it's really hard to, if I was to put a review number on it, I wouldn't really know where to start because there's so much involved with it and I still haven't even particularly joined up with people and gone on the, the big missions and, you know, ones where you do need extra people around. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, it's, if you do like that kind of a game, obviously, either a MMO game or um, that kind of fantasy realm type thing, um, it'd probably be worth a pickup because it, it, you know, you'd definitely get your money's worth if you were going to try and play it through. Hell yeah. Yeah, one of those kind of games, like, you could put in hundreds of hours into it and just, you know, build whatever kind of character you want. And in a lot of ways, I do like the customize kind of scaling of how you can create your players. Like, you can just go around and, you know, like like I mentioned, the blacksmithing, you can really try and level up your character and there's different kind of, uh, I guess, races and, and different you know, social kind of things that incorporate into when you're, you know, creating new uh, abilities. So in the blacksmith one, for instance, there's like 10 different types of weapons that you can make um, under the, each of the different, um, you know, kind of races that have blacksmithing abilities. So you could be one type of character, but then you know, you could be building things in a completely different style to suit the characters that you're friends with in the game. And so it's pretty um, robust Yeah, in that yeah, way? very much so. And it takes a long time. So you can spend hours just trying to, you know, level up your blacksmithing and, you know, do all that. And then there's also, you know, not just blacksmithing, but there's, you know, armor. Um, you've got a cloth area where you can go and, you know, make different clothes and hats tailoring. and all kind of, yeah tailoring um then you can go and do woodworking for bows and staffs and all that kind of stuff um and then you've got potion making and you've also got um creating glyphs which will go on to different armor and, and weapons to upgrade them for specific things um so it's really detailed how you can do all that kind of stuff so um, you reckon they've done a good job of um creating this world that you know, all the gung-ho fans would have um, been wanting from it? Uh, yeah, I do, actually. I do. I mean, for me, like I said, I haven't, you know, been right into it, but I've dabbled in it, and it's kind of interesting to me seeing all that, but if if I was one of those full-on fans that had played this series from the get-go, um, then... Yeah, there's enough in there that you could really get lost in in the specifics of you know mm. bits that were missing from all those other games, and you know, that's pretty cool. That, it gets that MMORPG type style where you can basically get that game and be happy with just that game for a really long time. Then, yep, yeah, definitely, and it's it's good fun. You know, the actual uh, missions. Yeah, because obviously it's the same as any other one. You can just run around collecting missions, chatting to people who will give you small side missions. Then you've got the main quests that you can do, um, and all the time you're leveling up and you're you know finding new equipment and whatnot as well. So, what's you know, the max level? Like, is there a lot um, of end game stuff? Like, I know you know in Destiny how we had all the 
the raids and stuff that you'd go on once you were maxed out? Yeah, I'm not really sure. I haven't come across a lot of it at this point. And what, what's the maximum level? I think it goes up to level 50. Where are you at? Like uh, 20 maybe. Oh, yeah. And I've probably put in 50 hours, 60 hours. Jesus. Yeah, so you know, there, there is a lot of exploring to do as well. Uh, which obviously is not going to increase your leveling. Yeah, I guess um, if you really wanted to level up quickly, you could probably do it. Yeah, you can do it a lot quicker. And I've seen a lot of things online where people are, you know, you can actually go to different websites and buy guides that show you specifically how to, from the very start, level up as quickly as possible. Um, not that I'm going to bother doing that, but... Uh, you know, I love to just wander in games like this. You know, and you you just end up running around trying to find just random loot chests and stuff that might be hidden throughout the maps. Yeah, you get that Skyrim feel to it. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And I you know, I enjoy that. And with this game I've probably spent nearly half the time running around trying to do that kind of stuff. Um one of my main beefs with it is just how quickly you max out your um, like it's your pack basically. No inventory. That, yeah, the inventory stuff that you can carry. Um, luckily, it does stack, so you know you can get most of the base things, and then obviously as you pick up more, it doesn't take up extra slots. It just adds to that one, um, which is good. But there is so much in the world. Like if you wanted to go, and with me not knowing the difference at the beginning wanting to just go and pick up everything that I found and figure out what to do with it, um, you could be you know, running around with a full entry inventory nearly all the time. And it does happen. But there is a bank there that you can go and you know deposit almost the same amount. So I'm, I'm pretty sure it was uh, uh, started with about 50 items that you could carry. Um, and it's roughly about 50 or 60, I think, in the bank as well. Um, and every time you go to a crafting table or a blacksmith station or whatever, um, you have full access to whatever's in your bank at that time, which is pretty good. Um, so you don't have to end up running around, you know, go to a crafting station, figure out that you need one thing that you've just put into your bank, run all the way back to the bank, pick it up, go back there. It's all available, which is cool. Mm. Um but at the same time, you do end up collecting so much throughout the game that, I mean, even half the stuff that I've currently got, I don't know if I'll ever really use because there's there's all these crafting skills and all these different types of things that you can do, like mixing potions and learning all that kind of stuff. You've got to find um, recipes so that you can create, you know, I guess menu items for lack of a better word or dishes that you can run around with in your inventory to regain health and all those types of things. Um, but there's also a lot of stuff in it that you never really have to use because the amount of times that you will use a potion or you'll, you know, have something to eat to boost you and, uh, you know, to boost your health or manner or whatever. Um, it, I don't know. It's so rare that you actually have to do that because when you fight, you fight against two or three things maximum pretty much at once. And then if you win and you've killed them all, then it only takes 
15 seconds for you to get your health fully regenerated. So it happens so regularly anyway that there's not really that much need to, you know, put a, a potion or a meal or whatever in, in one of your hot keys and then take them mid-battles. So it, there's a bit that's annoying with it. Uh, I can really totally understand that it would have been very difficult for them to port a game like this from the PC with all of the buttons on a keyboard and a mouse and port it across, but they've done a really good job to the controls on the PS4. So I'm pretty happy with that. Um, and you know, as a game itself, it is something that's pretty good fun and it hasn't got boring. Like you don't have to continue to do the same missions like you did after you know level whatever it was, 20 in, uh, in Destiny. Yeah, just doing, repeating the same thing over and over and over again. Yep, which we did millions of times and to be able to play it as many hours as we did. Um, so, yeah, they, it's good in that way, I suppose. So they've done a pretty good job of it, and it's still something I'm going to be playing, so I'm glad I've got it. Excellent. Mm. So that's a good one. Um, the other game was a huge release for this year that we're going to talk about. I haven't played this yet, but Matt has. Batman Arkham Knight. Ba-boom. Uh, okay, so um, I just beat this the other day, actually. When we originally were going to record this episode, I hadn't quite finished it yet. But uh, I finished it, started a new game plus, and realized that new game plus is way too hard. <laughs> so I stopped doing that. <laughs> I was like, I'll, so, try, I'll try and get the platinum trophy on this, but... No. Um, like with the, all the Batman games you get. Um, so when an enemy, it's a uh, brawling game, I guess, with um, countering and punching and stuff like that. But uh, with, on the new game plus, it removes the little um, icon that appears on an enemy's head when they are about to hit you to let you know it's like a counter So new icon. game plus is like once you finish the story, yeah, you restart. Yeah, you restart the game and you continue with all all the upgrades that you had achieved in the previous. Cool. And you don't have to find all the Riddler trophies again, which is good because there's like 600 of them. Oh, my God. Um, But like all the other side missions are still there for you to do again. Um, But, yeah, it removes the little icon that tells you when to counter, so you have to actually just watch and pay attention. So it gets really fucking difficult when you have a lot of enemies there. But anyway, um, so the biggest thing in Arkham Knight is... Uh, so it's the third Rocksteady Studios Batman game. There was also Arkham Origins in between, which was using the engine from Arkham City, but it was actually done by a Warner Brothers studio while mm-hmm. Rocksteady were busy working on Arkham Knight. So it was kind of not really included in that sort of trilogy storyline. And from what I remember of it, it was almost a dumbed-down version of the original's or the other two. Yeah, it it was still good, but it wasn't quite as good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Arkham Knight closes out the Rocksteady trilogy. It looks like they're moving on to a new a new IP after this, potentially a, a Superman game, maybe. Because mm. um, it's been notoriously difficult, I guess, to make a Superman game because he's just the most overpowered motherfucker ever. Yeah. But... Uh, certain things in Arkham Knight, like destructibility of the cities, and then there's like billboards talking about LexCorp and stuff, ah. which are sort of like Easter eggs, I guess. But um, yeah, so it's a closing out of the of the story. 
Um, I don't want to go into spoilers about it, but it's a, it seems to me to be a lot darker than the other games. I mean, they were all dark, mm. like dark-themed, but this one is particularly dark, and it, it has some very twisted stuff, which I guess you would expect if... The, since the main one of the main antagonists of the game is the scarecrow, mm. and he's he's all about like psychological gases and stuff like that to bring out fear in you and stuff like that. So it's kind of twisted. Um, but the one of the big changes in the game is the Batmobile. You now have a Batmobile, so they've remade the city. It's something like four or five times bigger than Arkham City, and wow. they've widened all the streets to make it more reasonable to have a car to drive around in. And then yeah, as part of having the Batmobile, you get things like tank battles and stuff like that. So you hold down a button and it goes into battle mode and basically turns into a tank, which is really, really cool. Mm. Um, the fights aren't particularly um, complex. It's it's the same kind of dodging and countering, but so enemy tanks have a line that pops up as like the line of sight of where they're shooting. Okay. And you just have to dodge out of the way of it, which is fairly easy. But once you get a lot more enemies on the screen, it gets more and more difficult. And then there's yeah. ones that like lock on and shoot missiles at you and things like that. So that's fairly interesting for something new. Um, at first, I didn't really like the Batmobile. It wow. Seemed, it seemed gimmicky, which is annoying considering, you know, they put so much emphasis on it, yeah, emphasis, emphasis on the syllables. <laughs> Um, they yeah they put so much emphasis on how the Batmobile was this awesome cool thing, um, but at first it kind of seemed pointless because you you have all the grappling hook and stuff to traverse the city, which is really fun and it feels like you are Batman when mm-hmm. you're gliding around with your cape. Um, then you get in the car and you just feel like Nigel Mansell. Mm. Yeah, but um, as I played through the game, I got used to it and I I learned to appreciate it and all the different gameplay mechanics that they added in to allow, like to, that utilize the Batmobile. There's things like um, winching spots where you can fire a winch from the car and sort of pull down walls and stuff like that. Oh, cool. Yeah, so there's a lot of cool stuff like that, which makes it interesting. You mentioned in the car that, uh, you know, it gets harder when there's obviously more around, and that was the whole, always the thing with, that, with all those Batman games. You know, if it was a one-on-one fight you were way overpowered nearly for most enemies in the game. Yeah. But it just threw 15 at you at once. Yeah. So I so, guess that's, you know, still that, keeping with that same kind of model, I suppose, yeah, within the that, game. that's the challenge is like dealing with crowds, kind of crowd control situations and utilising your different gadgets. Like, for example, if, if, a, if in terms of driving... If you're in tank mode and you're having a battle and there might be a tank that shoots only one bullet thing at the same time and then there's one that sort of shoots out like three at different angles. So you have to kind of allow for that make sure you're not in the line of any of them and then they try to flank you and stuff like that. So that makes it a bit more difficult. And then there's the missile launching ones. And so... If a missile launching unit fires missiles at you, you need to use your. Um, you've you've got both a sort of large kind of shelled tank gun turret, okay, and then you've got a machine gun sort of thing as well. 
and if the mm-hmm. missile if this missile is locked on you, you need to use the machine gun to take them out. Otherwise, they'll just hit you and fucking annihilate you. Yeah. And then you use the turret gun to take the tank out. Take out the tanks, and yeah. you can get different upgrades. You can get things like to hack the because they're all unmanned drones that are attacking mm-hmm. you, so you can hack them. And mm-hmm. so some will start fighting for you, and then you've got like an electromagnetic pulse and things like that. Mm. So, I mean, yes, in all the Batman games, you are taught to use all these different gadgets because that's kind. Of, it's that kind of classic Batman where he's the detective with all the gadgetry and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that was kind of weird was there's a there's a couple of moments in the game where you use certain sort of detective mode type stuff to try and track people down and things like that. And then you just never use them ever again. Hmm. Like there's one where you have to, um, weird thing to install and then not use. Yeah. You use this kind of pulse thing to track the, the tire tracks of a car that has taken one of your allies. And so you're following it and then you get to this crash site and you've got to sort of piece together what happened by rewinding and then fast forwarding the footage of it based on like tire tracks and shit like that and you mm-hmm. only ever do that once you never have to do that again wow which that actually quite... sounds really interesting yeah it's a really cool little thing but then you never actually do that ever again hmm. um there's other there's like a few places where you use that kind of pulsing thing for riddler trophies and stuff but never again in the story which is a little bit of a letdown hmm. but um yeah, it's it's all about the the combat and just progressing through the story, which is really twisted and fucked up. <laughs> um, there's one of the other new things is there's a like team up battles. So you'll be sort of in a room fighting a bunch of monsters or enemies, not monsters specifically. <laughs> yeah. um, and you'll have one of your allies with you. So it can be Nightwing, Robin, or Catwoman, based on whatever story mission it is. They're there for you. I, Nightwing helps you with the um, penguin side missions which are like um taking out weapon caches caches around the city but Mm -hmm. he rocks up when you've got to fight like 20 or 30 dudes and as you're fighting you're building up a combo and then you can press l1 and it does a dual takedown where you both work together to nail one dude and then it swaps you to control nightwing and you can fight with him which changes the sort of combat it's still the same controls and stuff but like instead of using punches and stuff, he uses little baton fucking things. Oh, that keeps it interesting. And then, yeah, so there's different sort of fight. It's not that different, but it's different enough to kind of be interesting. Mm. Um, so, yeah, you get that with Nightwing, Robin and Catwoman throughout the story, which is pretty cool. And also the takedown animations are just really cool. So like yeah. Catwoman will jump on someone's head and mm. sort of flip him and then while he's in midair, Batman will like do a fly kick and nail him into a wall <laughs> and stuff like that. Well, that, that's good. You know, that's kind of an interesting thing to, to happen. Cause I mean, that was the problem with the other ones, you know, more so the first one that I played more of, um, Arkham Asylum. Mm. Well, no. Um, yeah, that, you know, it, it just becomes samey real quick and you're fighting and then there's more dudes and you're fighting and then there's more dudes and you're fighting and, you know, the animations don't particularly ever change. So mm-hmm. having that as a difference, you know, if you were to try and sit down and play all three of them in a row, you'd be playing, 
yeah. the 30 hours kind of thing of the same type of animation. Yeah, 30 or 40. Yeah, it mixes it up a little bit, which is good. Um, the main thing that keeps it interesting is definitely the story, the storyline. Mm. And the side missions are interesting enough to keep you kind of locked in on it. Like the penguin, I was saying the penguin weapon cache ones. Mm-hmm. There's those. There's also Two-Face side missions where Two-Face is like robbing banks around Gotham because the whole city's been evacuated. And the start of the story explains why, but the whole city's been evacuated except for like thugs for you to fight and villains. <laughs> and so they're trying to rob banks while there's no security there. Mm. And you've got to go in and kind of strategically take out the um, the, the people in there. So why did they evacuate the city but leave all of the money? <laughs> they needed to leave within 24 hours or Scarecrow was going to pump fear gas through the whole city. Uh, so that was the reasoning why they yeah, all bailed enough. out, except for the bad guys who were like, evacuated city, fuck yeah, mm. and start looting stuff and yeah. And Batman, of course. Yeah, and Batman and the, some of the police stick around as well. Okay. So just, just for the those uh, animations where they're getting their asses kicked. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you end up using the Gotham City Police Department as kind of a base. Okay. So, you, we, like, if you beat all the Penguin side missions, then you'll have captured Penguin and you have to drive him back to the, to the police department. Hmm, interesting. So, yeah. And there's, like, actually one of the cool things about that police department is you can go into the evidence room and they've got little, like, glass displays of all the different um, enemies from the previous games. So their equipment and stuff, and you can walk up and press a button and there'll be a little voiceover from one of the lieutenants talking about the what, like, a, a list ticking off all the stuff that's in that section. So it'll be, like... Um, for the Joker, it might be like chattering teeth and an explosive fucking pie or some shit mm. like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. So that's nice. Um, Bit of nostalgia. Yeah, like fan service. Because mm. not all the characters there obviously are in the game anymore because yeah. they've been captured or whatever. Um, but there are some cool ones that you do run into, like Man Bat, which is a dude who's like transformed into a bat because <laughs> um, he fucked up a... A science experiment. Uh, I thought you were going to say because he's a vampire. <laughs> no. no. Um, okay. And then Firefly is back. I believe he was in one of the previous ones. He's the guy who has like a jetpack and he's a pyromaniac and just tortures fucking everything. Cool. So you run into him and there's a couple other cool ones. So that keeps you interesting. The Riddler missions, um, something different as well. With the Riddler missions, they have little like underground racetracks that he's set up where you've got to race around a track and there's different obstacles that you control <laughs> to try and get through as quick as you can, which is kind of ridiculous because how the fuck did he build underground racetracks? Yeah. But if you can sort of let go of the fact that it's completely fucking stupid, <laughs> it's actually really fun. Yeah. And it's a nice change to be able to go and do that. Yeah, it would be. So, yeah. yeah. Um, graphically... It's super impressive, as you would come to expect from this. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got the whole darkness and rain and lightning the whole time. And um, whereas Arkham City, well, Arkham Asylum was all just in the asylum. And then Arkham City had this sort of run down, sort of separated area of town. This one has three different islands that you can visit. And one of them 
is called Founders Island, and it's like a kind of richy rich CBD type part of town. And so there's heaps of neon lights everywhere and stuff like that. Wow. Which makes for a different sort of setting. Hmm. Um, but yeah, the textures and the lighting are fucking awesome. The city's well populated, even though it's, they're all bad guys. Mm. Um, it's not like, you know, an empty sort of space. And you get Is to it, hear um, talking shit over your little radio. When you, uh, for instance, like if you were to die, you got to do the same kind of mission again or whatever. Yeah. Is everybody always positioned in the same spots and, you know, certain rooms, you know, you, I guess like with a lot of games, you know, how there's, the AI is just dumb and they're just hanging around the same corners or whatever. So for um, example, um, if you're doing a mission where there's like a computer terminal that you've got to get to, to hack and you mm-hmm. have to clear all the enemies away first, um, they they will tend to use the same patrol paths and stuff like that unless you like once you start getting them scared by taking out a few dudes they start to wander around differently oh yeah but it's all about like figuring out which plan of attack is going to work best for you because you can use like hiding under grates and then the false walls and um actually one of the things that's new is that you can instead of just going into grates to move around underground have come out a different place they now use like a, use the grappling to move up sort of ventilation shoots as well so you have verticality as well yeah cool um but also if the the enemies are much more used to because okay one of the main the scarecrow is the main one of the main dudes but the other main guy is actually the guy named arkham knight and he knows all of your tricks mm. and he's really smart so when you're taking dudes out, say you sit on one of those little gargoyle things up in on a wall and do an inverted takedown where you drop down, grab a guy, pull him up and hang him from the gargoyle, mm-hmm. knocked out, he will then message all the guys in the room and go, he's attacking you from above, keep your eyes peeled. And they yeah. start like looking up mm-hmm. and shining lights on those things and taking a, looking out for you. And then if they see you... Like if you jump out of a grate and hit someone and take them out and someone sees you and then you jump back in the grate, they chuck like a thermo grenade, thermal grenade into the grate. And so all of the under, like all of the grated areas in that area turn into like a fire pit for wow. five or 10 seconds. So you can't stay in there. Yeah. So uh, in, in that way, you turn to need more, a bit more strategy to beat the enemies. Mm. Oh, well, that's good. But yeah. I think it's definitely a really friggin' good game, and if you liked the previous ones, I'd definitely suggest picking it up. Cool. Um, I don't want to go too much into it any further because I don't want to do any spoilers, but, yeah, um, the Batmobile kind of takes a little bit of getting used to, but it's good towards the end. The story is amazing. The lighting and textures and graphics are all amazing. And given that it's the end of the se- end of the trilogy, Rocksteady are obviously massive Batman fans, and so the way you can tell when you're playing it that they've really kind of given it their all to make it into the best possible Batman game they could ever make. Oh, well, that's good. So for fans... Technically, every game maker should be doing that for every single game, but... But you you get on a a different level when you're a fan of the actual IP itself. Yeah, of course. Because given the, like... 80 years of history or whatever or 60, 70 years of history of Batman 
Um, it's I think it definitely does justice to the franchise for anyone who's a huge Batman fan. Mm. Oh, good. So there you go. Um, one other game that we'll go into just to touch on quickly is God of War 3 Remastered for PS4. came out two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, Which is just basically the normal remastered reskin yeah. type thing. Yeah, it's your... What was God of War PS3, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just that redone 1080p, 60 frames per second. Although I did notice some frame drop, frame rate drop when cutting from gameplay to cinematics and then back, but it looked really impressive. If you've never played God of War 3 before, I'd definitely suggest checking it out. And they also put in their sort of stock standard photo mode that tends to be going into all the PlayStation exclusive HD remasters these days, where you can sort of pause the game and move the camera around to take screenshots that look cool. Oh, cool. That's Um, always good. Yeah, which is especially cool given like how graphically intense God of War 3 can be. So I guess I, I haven't played a lot of these remastered. The only one that I've really played of any length, I suppose, was um, Grim Fandango when they put that on the PS4. Um, with that, you can switch between how it looked previously and the upgrade. Um, but I think with this one, you can't do things like that, can you? Because they actually completely remade the graphics. I don't think that the, you kind of need that with this kind of game, though. Like... I know they did it with Halo Master Chief Edition or whatever the fuck they were doing there. Yeah. Where you could go back to the original graphics, but seriously, who really cares? Like, you've got a PS4. Why do you want to... I can understand <laughs> doing it with Grim Fandango because it's a game from, like, PS1 era. Yeah. So it's cool true. to be able to check out what it used to look like. But really, mm. I don't think that's that big of a deal. No, um, probably not. And yeah. it's not really that kind of game either where... It seems I mean, like it would take a lot of effort to be able to do yeah. that too. Yeah, true. And oh, you were playing it here and I came and watched for a bit and it looked good. Yeah. yeah it looked it looked like the same game, how I remembered it. Um, and I mean, I, I waited with bated breath for the original God of War 3 to come out. I remember they brought out the... Uh, was like a demo that didn't go for too long and I think I played through that about four or five times because I was so keen to get my hands on that <laughs> when they fully released it. But, um, yeah, I mean, it is one of the classics from the PS3. Yeah. I mean, you say that it looks it looked like the way you remember it, but um, one of the one of the little points that they kind of put out when they say these, like to market these things was that the textures are four times the resolution of last gen. So you should, you should be seeing like, if you went back and looked at the previous one, yeah, you'd, you'd most likely see a pretty big difference. Well, that, that, that's a really interesting point really. I mean, it, it's up to your perception. Yeah. You and... have this sort of like, um, sort of tinted glass view of your memory of things. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same with everything. I mean, not that I golden eye on Nintendo 64 is a great example. We're back. Yes. We're back in the day when you thought it was like the best looking game ever, mm, and yeah, then you exactly. see it now, and it's just this fucking boxy, <laughs> yeah, horrendous <fucking> thing. Mess. <laughs> but I mean, that's the same with everything. You, you, like I said, not that I condone it or do it, but uh, if you were to watch a TS movie at the time you're watching it, it's shit. But in your memory, you're just remembering the the scenes and your 
brain kind of fills in all those HD losses in a way. Yeah. So you look at things, and unless you're looking at them side by side, then you don't see that much of a difference, I suppose. But you could you could use the legal comparison of like DVDs and Blu-rays. Well, no, I didn't want to. <laughs> I, I know like watching Blu-rays and always watching full HD stuff these days. If I go back to DVDs, I'm just like, fuck, this is shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's like very pixelated true. and stuff. But you never noticed that back in the day. No, anyway, so it comes with uh, all previous DLC costumes and content from God of War 3, whatever that means. Um, mm. So that's good. Now, yeah. on to the and final it's only, game. It's only half the price of a real game anyway. So yeah. oh. if you've never played it, 55 bucks, yeah. roughly. When you're in awesome. like a, a downturn of games to play, Mm. Like waiting for the new the new big titles and you haven't played it, I'd definitely suggest checking it out unless you've like got a weak stomach for <laughs> it is gory. It sure is. Yeah. But it's epic too. And just that progression through the three major ones, not including all the PSP and whatnot titles. Mm. It was awesome. Storyline was fantastic. Really gave you more idea of mythology and you know Greek gods and all that kind of stuff. And you get to kill them all, so that's cool. Don't get to do that with every game. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Kill massive monsters. If you want to play one and two, um, they, you can get them on Vita if you've got a Vita. And obviously, they did HD remasters because those were PS2 games. Yeah, that's they re- right. They redid them for PS3. So um, if you don't have a PS3, then you're shit out of luck. I guess you better go buy that's a Vita. Right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so the last game that we've been playing, um, and we've been playing a fair bit of it, it came out last week, maybe yep. the week before, I think. Uh, yeah, the Thursday before, I think. So a week and a bit now. Uh, Rory McElroy PGA Tour. Now, I was a bit dubious about this game because I remember when we bought our very first PC for the house. Two weeks was, ago it came out. <laughs> oh, there you go. Um, yeah, we bought our very first PC for you know, our house and um, my stepdad, Pete, it was a work computer. Um, but we got Lynx, I think it was back then, one of the first golf games. Um, and have always looked beautiful even crappy like 25 years ago (laughs) it still looked really good compared to anything else that was out because it's just basically skins at the end of the day um they've made some absolutely massive improvements in the lay of the land and all those types of things for this now um the physics of that are actually really spot on now um but yeah, I was really dubious to check this game out because it has it's the first, you know, sports game on the PS or golf game, sorry, on the PS4. Um and I really wanted to just get a demo of it just to have a go and see what it was like and, you know, but in a lot of ways I'm glad I didn't because it's a really good fun game to play. And both of us have been enjoying it. So mm. I'm more than happy to jump on. It is, in my eyes, my view, it is fucking easy. There is ways to make it not as easy though. So, because I think it does it, it does the kind of difficulty spectrum pretty well. So when you initially play, there's three control modes, 
arcade classic and tour arcade mm-hmm. mode has um you can power up your hits so arcade mode is the one that you, you're most likely to understand and be able to pick up if you've played any of the other pga tours like tiger wood games mm-hmm. um in the previous sort of games in the in the franchise obviously this is the first one for next gen so they've tried to step it up graphically and stuff like that but in terms of controls the arcade mode is pretty much the same um you swing back with the left stick and then swing forward to hit it and it kind of adjusts based on how straight you can do that yeah um you can power and up based the hits. on that sorry to interrupt you there on that i was extremely surprised at how good i was at doing the swing i mean i do play it a lot and i can adjust for that but um the reason i went and bought it was because my stepdad was here and we could actually have a game of golf together Mm. um so but he's never picked up a playstation 4 controller probably never any other game controller for any period of time so he's picked it up and he's holding it and i'm swinging like a fucking trooper and he's barely making you know any kind of errors but it's swinging all over the place just that you know xy axis type thing um you know i'm so used to just having it straight and knowing the positioning of it and all those types of things and like a muscle memory of doing that kind of thing yeah a hundred billion times before um but obviously with him um he can draw a straight line no worries, which I can't really do because I shake a little bit. He can draw a straight line. He's an architect, but he can't do it with the controller. So I kicked his ass. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway, nice posting. Yeah, I just had just to get that out. Wedge that in. Yes. Wedge. Uh, it. Uh, so we should do as many golf puns as we can. All right, I'm on the ball. <laughs> Let's play the course. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> You're fucking swinging in the breeze over there. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Let's anyway, so it's this. got it's got your left stick back and forward to take the swing. You power up by tapping X. Um, on. I was just going to make a really deliberate one and say I'm going to pop outside like some of those animals pop in. Uh, we're not up to the graphics. <laughs> yeah, no. We're not up to the graphics yet. So um, you power up by tapping your X or um, whatever the fuck mm-hmm. button it is on Xbox. <laughs> a? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, and then you spin in midair. You can spin the ball and stuff like that with arcade. Um, putting has it's sort of it's got that grid on the ground that all the previous ones had, where it so, sort of shows you the role of the green. Yeah. And then it pr- brings up a line to sort of guide you on what the best way to hit is and it has a few tips around that as well which is handy now classic mode handy. it actually just gives you everything on a platter it's not perfectly no easy, it's not but it it makes it, it quite it makes it a lot easier than it takes away 90 percent of the difficulty that any other golf games had well they tiger woods had the line guidance line i think as well um classic mode is like the three button one where you press the button and it has like a a scale and you have to press X again at the right time to control your power mm-hmm. and like accuracy of the swing. And that re- I think classic mode removes um, some of the guides. Yeah. It removes the sort of um, actually one of the things, sorry with arcade mode, it has um, 
uh, sort it of has an actual yeah, trajectory. Yeah, the aiming line. arc. It has like a blue yeah. aiming arc that will show you where your ball is going to go, and it automatically adjusts for wind speed and stuff. Now that makes it super friggin' easy. It does, um, yeah. which is great because you can pick the yeah. game up and play and be okay. Yeah, and you can then, be reasonably good at playing yeah. straight away. Now the three click, um, the three click control one removes the ability. Classic mode removes the ability to add boost or spin to your shots so you have to be a lot more careful so that adds um that adds a bit more challenge to it if you want to use that control method but if you want to use that left stick one but have it more challenging again there's two um, tour mode right now tour mode swing power and accuracy are, are sort of controlled specifically by your left stick um there's no aiming arc there's no putt read to sh- help you with your putting Mm. Um, and course zoom is off oh, as well. well. Which is good because, I mean, with arcade, like I said, it is really easy. You get that arc, that swing, uh, the blue line aiming thing. And you um, can zoom up to see exactly where it's going to land. Yeah, and then you can really, while you have your shot, you can kind of, if you remember that line, if you can kind of see it, that it's not going directly where it was going to land for one reason or another, um, you can use your your ball spin to push it back towards wherever you wanted it to go. Mm. Um, and you can really tell that, yes, it is easy. It does give you that really basic option to do all those types of things. But if you really wanted to challenge yourself, then you'd be yeah. able to remove them. Yeah, you can go to that tour mode. But also, if you are playing arcade mode, there's also a thing where you can go into like um, round settings or something like that. Yep. And you can actually switch off things like putt read uh, and, and aiming arc and stuff like that. I know I played a weekly – there's daily and weekly online tournaments mm-hmm. where you just play 18 holes and you try to get the best score you can and you go into a leaderboard against other people. Yeah, for that day or that week or whatever, and it picks a random course and it puts random settings on it. Mm-hmm. So the first two daily and well, the first two daily and weekly ones that I played, which obviously the second week of them, <laughs> um, they removed the aiming arc, so you had to allow you had to work out where the wind was going to push. You still had course zoom and stuff like that, but it, that adds an, a lot more challenge to it. Yeah, um, and I reckon putting would be the worst without that putt read. For sure, I think because it's yeah. just ridiculous. Um, I well, imagine... that was always the hard bit. It really was. It's always been the hardest part about any of those yeah, games. Exactly, is putting. So your best bet is to try and land your drives and shots as close to the pin as possible, or um, just off the green so you can chip it in. Yeah, but <laughs> chipping in would be more it would be difficult, more difficult again if you, that. yeah if you didn't have that aiming arc. Mm. Um, with tool mode, you can actually press the touchpad on your ps4 controller to bring up an overall map of the course of that hole so it has yard markers and stuff like that so Is if you're on all modes or just tour all of them oh, so well, if you yeah so if you don't have course zoom which you don't in tour mode you can like press that to so- kind of get a read on how many yards you need to hit because mm-hmm. when you aim your shot it'll obviously tell you how many yards you're likely to hit yep so you can adjust like that. I reckon um, at some point I'm probably going to try out tour mode. Yeah, me too. But yeah, um, so that's custom mode where you can sort of change up all the gameplay styles and, and remove power boost or keep them in and mm. change gusts like wind gusts and stuff like that. 
So yeah, it's pretty robust like that. One of the main things is that this new game is running on Frostbite 3, which is the it's the first sport, uh, sport game to run on Frostbite 3 because mm-hmm. normally you find that in like shooting games and stuff like that, which I imagine yeah. they've gone with that for the sort of open world design but also so, kind of shooting mechanics, I guess, with Well, exactly, targeting. physics and whatnot, yeah. yeah. It's perfect. You, it'd be very difficult to make a basketball game on Frostbite, I would imagine, um, just the way that a game like basketball or soccer or any other yeah. game. Um, they have their own specific engine that's yeah. for all of those. And they're very free-flowing. You know, this kind of game, it's set, hit, land, you know, set, hit, land nearly every time. So it gets to really control what's happening at any point. Yeah. I which, mean, there is yeah. sort of free-flowing elements to it. Like, um, like I said, there's wind gusts that you can put in and stuff like that and wind mm. speeds that are allowed for and things like that. Um, but it's um, not as continuous as like a forty-five minute half of a yeah soccer game or whatever, yeah. you know. Um, um, but one of the things, like, so with the with the using the Frostbite three, they can allow for the course. So, say you go into a course, it loads it first, and mm-hmm. then there's like no load time between holes, so it's nice and easy and quick to kind of play a, a round of golf. Yeah, less depending on how yeah, good you are and how many people you're playing with, but and that the, definitely helps. But uh, they still have that little like four second introduction of every hole anyway. Yeah, uh, which but is you just can skip that, but yeah, like, it it still starts up before you skip it. Yeah, but the other thing is like they, it's really visually quite impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first started playing it, I thought it was kind of shitty like not as good as I expected, but really it is quite good. Mm. Um, and the well, open... it, if, if you do kind of go down into the nitty gritty of it, it does become a little bit, I guess, pixelated grassing and things like that it looks a bit weird. But when you're just playing, when you're looking at the screen and you're not just looking at specific things, it looks incredible. Yeah. It looks as good as almost watching golf on TV would be if you were that boring and batshit crazy to watch it. I think the um, character models look really good as well, but not not for the crowds. The crowds look ridiculous. Yeah, they do, which is disappointing. But um, the players tend to look quite good, like the movement of their arms for the swing and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And they even have tan lines and things as well. Yeah, like, which uh, I, I turned it on when my parents were here, and the first thing my mum said was, "Oh wow, you can actually see that." You know, he's got a tan line on his arm from where his shirts were, and then like he's got a you know had a swing, and the shirt comes up a bit, and he's got a little bit of tan line. Yeah. Some reason she was checking him out that close. <laughs> um, yeah, but there, in in other terms, the graphics kind of let you down in, in or let it down in a few way, ways. Um, you find, like you mentioned, animals. So it's it's cool that there's animals there to create this sort of wildlife realism feel to the courses but they pop in randomly yeah. and, and they're not they're not actually there during the gameplay either. oh they actually are really yeah i was playing with Corey last night <laughs> and he went to tee off and a fucking ram right ran straight through him oh my goodness i was like what the hell and it wasn't like attacking him it was just like <laughs> running around on the field and happened to run right through him it was bizarre. That is weird. But um, there's crocodiles yeah. floating or alligators floating in the water and you, you see bugs buzzing as well yeah. on some of them. I've seen a few of those. And yeah. there's those little like um, 
uh, I have no idea what they are, but it's like a, a spore or something from a tree or a plant or whatever. And it's like the little helicopter things. You throw them in the air and they spin down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you see them everywhere on every course. And, you know, you'd just be watching them float past as you're taking a shot and stuff. And mm. it's kind of interesting. Adds yeah. slightly more depth to it. But um, in terms of that popping, you see it with plants and stuff as well sometimes. Yeah. Which I think is kind of unforgivable. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. if you're going, if your whole mo is to make a golf game using this open world engine, so you can make it magnificently beautiful, and you can like hit it into trees and have a realistic bounce away from a tree, or oh, like, just like your really hard little shrubs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a there's like cliff faces that you can bounce the ball off if you want, or if you like hit one perfectly. A lot of the courses will have like a waterway with a little bridge over it and you can hit mm. the bridge and because it's a concrete path, the it ball will different. bounce really high. Yeah. Stuff like that is really, you know, interesting little touches in the, in the way the physics work. But to have that pop in is just really off-putting. It is, yeah, and it it really, I mean, and it's super the, noticeable too. It's yeah, not like we're nitpicking. That's what I was going to say. The most unfortunate part is that during the very first loading screens, before you even get to play now, yeah, um, where it's like panning across courses, yeah, and it's show showing you, you how gorgeous how impressive it is. it is, yeah, that's when you see it straight away, and it makes no fucking sense to me why, because I mean that is going to be repeated because if you don't touch any buttons that just repeats on your screen and it goes to the you know the menu and then it'll load back into that kind of overview of a, a you know fairway or whatever mm. um so you could sit there and before you even touch the game you're noticing these things which and, yeah it's plainly is really obvious bad. because they're showing off the fact that there's wildlife and plants and stuff and mm. it'll start panning and then all of a sudden a fox will just appear in the middle of the screen yeah on the yeah. grass, and you'll be like, what the fuck? And then a bush will pop in, mm-hmm. and it's just fucking annoying. It's just not – it's unpolished. Yeah, yeah. And it, there was another thing that annoyed me about the game, but not even the game itself. Like, the gameplay to me is great. They've done a really good job focusing on the gameplay. But there's that with the you know the popping in and out. Um, one of the other things that kind of – just irks me a little bit about it um, was the fact that when it's it reminds me of The Sims, The Sims 3. In the loading screen before, it's like if you're doing a tournament, for instance, um, the way I've had it set so far is you play four holes uh, on each like, of the three days. There's like a quick round thing for your career mode where you, it'll do like four to six holes randomly from the the course, yeah, on your four day tournament, and the last day is always like the final six holes or whatever. Yeah, and and it's good because it, it you know I mean with it on arcade it is quite easy to you know, dominate. Play. Yeah, and I I finished twelve under on like the second game that I played a full eighteen mm. hole course, um, and it, it simulates the holes that you don't play based on your character's attributes. Yeah. So, so it, it kind of keeps you, you a bit balanced. It, yeah, it gives you the more I guess, picturesque holes and the more kind of um, well-known holes of each of those courses. Um, but you do have the option to play all 18 if yeah. you want, which is cool as well. And they're normally the really challenging ones as well. So it kind of keeps you from being able to get 
an eagle or, you know, and if you make a slight error, then it's more likely you'll get par on that than you'll get a, you know, one under or, you know, so it, it does make it a lot more challenging and you can normally get a bloody birdie on all of them. But, uh, you know, if you make Depending a slight on how error, good you are. well, yeah. But anyway, the thing, the other thing that annoyed me a little bit was, like I said, it's from The Sims, and when it's loading in that little bit, it only takes ten seconds, probably not even. <laughs> so it's probably something really stupid. Yeah, just but, at the start um, of the round. It has a quick loading of, I guess, you know, working out your averages to put you in the leaderboard and all those types of things. Um, but it says stupid things on the screen, like it'll come up, and the first one was mowing three D grass. Um, and then it has like a you know one to a hundred percent little quick count. Um, <laughs> the next one was um, uh, assessing um, crowd ambience or some shit like that. I yeah, watering, that watering fairways and stuff. Yeah, like that. I can't believe they're... you're complaining about this. Well, it's just that you know this is I know it's supposed to be a fun game and it's all that kind of crap, um, but it's entertaining. It's fucking golf, you know, like. It's golf. Seriously, the people who are going to get this game and play this game are either going to be older gamers that really don't play very many games because... Well, why do you buy it then? I like golf, though. And I'm an older gamer. I'm 40 soon, man. Fuck. And I'm playing this game, and they're making it cheesy by putting shit in there. Like, you know... I wouldn't say they're making it cheesy. It's just a little... It's just that little bit. And to me... It's just a jokey touch with the load screen. That's all. It's like not a big deal. Everything else... It's not a big deal at all. Like I said, it's on the screen for less than 10 seconds every single time. But I see it... about it for like a minute and a half. Yeah, I see it, and I'm like... (laughs) Fuck you guys! You're making a joke out of it, and that's annoying. I don't um, know. They make plenty of jokes though. Like there's the there's yeah. a Battlefield Four course in it, where you know they're like, oh, it's an entire joke. The whole thing is, yeah. A, but that's yeah. actually a good one, and their commentary is fun. Yeah, the commentary throughout the whole game is really really good. And in terms of those um, quick rounds and stuff that we were talking about. For example, just an example of how good the commentary is. So you'll come into a hole and the two guys will banter back and forth and talk about how they, what you know, history, maybe a couple of notes from history of how a previous player's played on that hole or whatever. Yeah. And then that does happen on most of them. Like last yeah. night, I was playing one and they were talking about um, Greg Norman and how he actually got to this hole and he needed to get a par but something happened and he ended up in a bunker and the way the bunker is, it just completely fucked his tournament Yeah, and the rest is history as the commentator's words were. Yeah, exactly. And it's really interesting. And they do like breakdowns on where you should aim your shot to like, they're like, oh, you kind of want to make it to this point, 280 yards to clear that bunker on the right, Mm. stuff like that. And then it'll say, but if you've got, a really strong swing and you can go 320 hit it straight over it yeah and you'll be in a much better position but you know it it although that's there you know you can you, see you yeah. can do it or not it's anyway, fairly easy but, you don't re- yeah. but it's a nice touch it, it is it and is. the commentator sort of trips over his words every now and then which adds a certain realism to it mm. um you, yeah, you'll sure be putting does. you'll be putting on those sort of four-day tournaments and he'll be like so he got a par yesterday on this hole. So hopefully he's he's aiming for a birdie here, and we'll see if he can you know beat his score from yesterday, stuff like that. Where it's a, like remembering how you went on the previous day. 
Yeah. Um, that are all nice touches. The commentary, the commentary in this it blows me away at this point. Yeah. It's been really good. There are a lot of bits already that... Repetitive. Getting, yeah, that yeah. I'm getting bored of hearing. But to be honest, it's less than in most other games like this. Yeah, and it's fun enough. And like I've played a fair amount of it at this point and I'm still occasionally hearing little tidbits that I haven't heard before, mm. like talking about other golfers and stuff like that. Like, oh, watch so- out for that ram. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty interesting. And then, so the other main, like I've mentioned, the online tournaments and stuff like that. That's got head-to-head online ranked, like games and shit like that, as you would expect. Um, but it also has a nightclub challenge mode, where it basically takes you to three of the different courses. Uh, so you start on Wolf Creek course, mm-hmm. and they're just. Um, it's like the the course at night time with sort of um, glowing lights around it to light it up. I know there's places in, in real life where you can go and do that not sort of night time with glowing balls and stuff like that. Mm, yeah. Um, so it's like that. But then there's different – like you've got to hit targets and things like that. So this it's like a challenge mode where you get points to reach three stars, like your standard three-star sort of challenge games. Mm-hmm. And um, – so there's power-ups and stuff that you wouldn't have in a normal game of golf that you unlock as you play through, and it's like hitting targets, trying to get through rings in midair, you know, putting ability, all that kind of stuff. So it, it adds this nice little challenge mode, but at the same time, it doubles as like a pretty good tutorial on how to learn to play better Yeah, as it removes or just changes it up and, and changes sort of weather conditions and shit like that. Which so. is interesting. It keeps it kind of it, – it has enough depth to it that it doesn't need to get boring. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, I mean, that's been a problem with every single one of the golf games is they just become very stale and very boring because um, the real challenge is obviously getting good at the swing and getting a mm. – you know. but if they dumb that down too much, which in this, the arcade mode, you could say is it dumbed is really down easy. way too much. But – at the same time, it's done in a way that's fun, you know? yeah. and it, it's done in a way that it, it's still challenging enough that you can just jump into it, and whether you've played it lots before or not, you're still able to pick it up pretty quickly and then play the game of golf. Mm. Um, the courses are all you know, realistic. They're really well designed. I think um, there's eight. Um, eight real courses. Eight real courses. Yeah. Which is, is it's a bit light compared to previous games, but um Plus no, the fact it, that there's only what, nine or eight characters? Yeah, there's not characters. very many characters, which is frustrating as well. Yeah. But you um, go and create a pro and you can choose one from you know well not choose one, you can choose a country and all that as per normal. Um I got really upset. I didn't cry, but I got upset when courses. I first turned it on and all of a sudden there's like Rory, obviously, he's Scottish. Um, then there's one from uh, Sweden, I believe. Um, yeah, something like that. And then the, all the rest are American. And I kind of turned it on and went, what? There isn't even really much choice when you want to... Yeah, if you don't want to create your own character, like you can't pick a an Australian... Yeah, or anywhere. Golfer, you know, you there's know. three countries that are represented and two of those countries only have one character. Yeah, that's insane. Um, so it's kind of frustrating like yeah. that. Yeah. But the good thing is that it is the very first 
attempt. It's only been out for two weeks. Um, and both of us are enjoying this game so far, mm. and they're going to continue to add more things. Yeah, Just I'm definitely going to keep playing it. Um, so there's 12 courses at launch, 13. There was a pre-order bonus, TPC Scottsdale, which I believe is coming out in September for free, mm. DLC for everyone. And then there's the Battlefield one, and then there's a made-up one. I think there's only two that are sort of fantasy, sort of made-up holes. Yeah, I think um, so. But And the rest are all legitimate courses. What was it? Uh, Luddy's? Luddy's Washroom? That is a made-up name. What? <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? Mux. Maximum occupancy. Anyway. 120. Anyway, anyway sorry. I'm so, having flashbacks of the dictator. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, so, um, yeah, they, what they, they actually came out, and I, I believe this is true, I uh, hope it's true, but they said that they don't want it to be a yearly franchise like the other sports games. Their plan is to kind of support it with content moving ahead because it, graphically it looks really good, and there's no reason why with a game like this that you can't just continue adding courses and stuff like that because, the con- like you said, the gameplay is pretty much rock solid. Yeah. You don't need to do anything with it. No, that's right. Yeah. Whereas with soccer games like FIFA and stuff, you can constantly continue updating it and changing mm. it. Yeah. Um, so well, the good thing about this as well is, I suppose, it is the ultimate kind of single-person game. Like golf is. There's no such thing as team in golf. You know, yes, you can play with a team, but you're really only challenging yourself at every single time you walk up to the ball. Um, but at the same time, sitting down with your mates and having your own character and playing a game of golf can be entertaining and they've made it so that it is good enough. Oh, and you can also do like a drinking game like me and my mates do. <laughs> but you'd make up a drinking game about just drinking. Well, we, we've actually got a good one. I'll right, share drink. It. Quick, drink. It's a six. It's a six-rule game. <laughs> yeah. Number one is the person who does the shortest drive drinks. If you and take we're talking it, about Coke, by the way. Yeah. Other soft drinks. Whatever. If you um, take a shot and you don't, you're aiming for the fairway and you miss. You go in the bunker or in the rough or you go out of bounds, water hazard, whatever you drink. Quick drink. If you're going for the green, you drink. If you miss. Um, if you lose a hole, you drink. If you lose the whole 18 games, like the eight, whole eight, 18 holes of a course, you have to finish your drink. Wow. <laughs> um, and there was some, like one or two other rules. Yeah, see, to me, this is a weird drinking game because I would never get to drink. Ah, <laughs> I like Bullshit. it. I'd have to keep throwing it just so I could, you know. More like I'd throwing up because you're so drunk. Die of start. thirst. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah, it's a really fun game and I definitely enjoy it. And mm. I will definitely keep playing it. Um, oh yeah, so the in terms of like moving more content as they're moving ahead, right, and it's only sixty five bucks at Target at the moment. Bargain. Yeah, it is a bargain for that too. Yeah, Target have got a lot of games on sale at the mm. moment, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, two new courses coming in September for free, mm-hmm. and then uh, presumably they're going to keep putting out more characters and courses as time goes on. I don't know if it'll all be free. Hmm. Given the yeah. EA, but well, it they looks like they're going they to give. Yeah, they have said that they want it to be mostly free. So, yeah. um, I don't know how that is a like viable fucking financial position for a game, but <laughs> for any kind of company. But um, 
you know. It is a golf game too. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, there's really that much more to pay for. I mean, you can buy obviously more courses and stuff like that, but that's the only thing that you'd really want is more well, courses. You can't at the moment. No, that's right. But, like yeah. that's what you would do. But it's not like, you know, yeah. all the other team sports where you're buying fantasy round points and all that other yeah, kind yeah. that EA has. Um, there was one thing that I I noticed the other day when I – yesterday, sorry, when I did create my character. Um, on the – like his hair design for some real weird reason um, had like these – divots at the bottom of his neck almost like where the <laughs> the hair didn't grow it just went to this certain point and then there was just these two like just clear bits that didn't get grown at all I don't know what was going on with that but that was the only thing that I noticed that looked extremely strange in no, the, the buttons so, the buttons like oh, are yeah, illuminated flicking and flickering turning, lights turning on on. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's really fucking weird that's another that's another thing like the pop in it's just like in kind of inexcusable lack of polish yeah. in a game like this, but you know we'll see how it goes over time. And they might um, fix, you know, quite easy little yeah, patch fixes. Exactly. So, so we'll see what especially happens. after they've listened to this podcast. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, we got the go. swing. Ah! Uh, anyway, we're enough from those puns, but a good exactly. game. Both I feel like we've hit it. a hole in one with this podcast. Uh, <laughs> I reckon we're at three over. Let's right. um, yeah, let's wrap this up. Yeah, let's do it. Thank you very much for everybody for listening. Um, obviously, you can email us your thoughts on any of the games that we've been discussing and more. If we might have missed some big juicy informations and whatnots that you want us to talk about, email us at. Oh, well, email podcast at dropbeargaming.com. Uh, <laughs> too many ats. Um, and, yeah, by all means, leave us a comment on the page or on the, um, Facebook, page. the Facebook page or Whatever. the iTunes. Oh, yeah. Review mm. us on iTunes. We haven't told people to do that for a while. Yeah, it's been about 50 episodes since yeah. then. So, anyway, so that. They might thanks be. for listening. Thank you very much. Take it easy. Catch you later. Bye. Bye.